Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Fandom Talk. Thank you all so very much for joining us today for another segment in our new series, The Summer of Video Games. We are so very excited to have you here. Um, if you have not had a chance to listen here recently or you don't really know what's going on, we realized, like, we saw this this picture that showed all of these amazing anniversaries that were happening this year of a lot of different video games that have, like, 10-year anniversaries, 15-year anniversaries. So the, the highest one I saw was a 40-year anniversary for Mario this year, actually, which was awesome. Um, but today, we're actually going to be talking about a game that has a 25th anniversary today, and that's Resident Evil. We're going to be jumping into that series here in just a little bit. Uh, just a quick heads up for you all. If you have not played Resident Evil Village just yet, don't worry. The first half of this uh, podcast is going to be completely spoiler-free. We're going to be talking about the first... Um, I was going to say seven games in the series, but Lord knows there's more than that. Um, those are just the numbered ones. Uh, so we're going to be talking about those for a little bit. Um, so you And we will let you all know before we get into the spoilers about Village, because we do have a lot to talk about, uh, really just for the entire series, but especially for that one and where the series is going from here. Um, so we'll be getting into that in just a little bit. But first, uh, for those of you who don't know me, I am Vance McCarty. I'm the editor-in-chief of this wonderful site, and this wonderful podcast and pretty much everything else the fan of correspondence has going on. And uh, we have with me today the ever-illustrious, absolutely fantastic, incredibly good-looking Mr. Red Lanyard, better known as Al Manningly. Al, how are you doing today? Hello, I am here and I am illustrious and I'm ready to talk about really dumb zombie stuff with my good friend. Woo! Yeah, we do we love... We love dumb zombie stuff, man. I, I'm so excited to talk about Resident Evil. If you if you guys don't know a whole lot about Resident Evil, but you're looking to get into the series, just listen. Just just listen for the first bit before we start getting into Village, because let me tell you, it is such a fun series, and I cannot wait for other people to enjoy in the absurdity of this series. Um, but first, before we get into it, we uh, since this is the summer of video games, we're playing a lot of video games. We want to kind of be talking about. You know, just what are we playing? So, Alt, uh, go ahead and hit me up with uh, what have you been playing a lot this week? Ah, oh, oh boy. Um, well, I've finished up uh, the wonderful game, uh, Resident Evil Village, this week, which we will, of course, be talking about um, here in just a bit. Um, sure. Spoiler-free, um, great game. I'm a pretty big fan of that game. Um, other than that, I thought it'd be fun. Um, I'm kind of in between games right now with uh, the new Ratchet & Clank um, coming out in a couple weeks. Um, so to hold me over from that, I thought it'd be fun to go back and play through some of uh, the DLCs of games I've played in the past uh, that um, I missed their DLC parts. So um, so I've uh, been playing a little bit of the DLCs of Borderlands 3, and then um, I've also got uh, downloaded and ready to go uh, the DLCs for... Um, um, the Ancient Gods of DLC for Doom. Um, and um, one other game, which slips my mind right now. But, um, yeah, oh, um, the uh, Spectre of Shadows DLC for Hovel Knight, uh, uh, which I never played. So, so I've got a good spread of DLC stuff here ready for this week. Um, Jacob, how about you? Uh, brother, I've got, I've, I've got a, actually kind of a big, a big quest coming up that, uh, if you were following me on Instagram or Twitter, you will know about, um, <clears throat> guys, I've never actually platinumed a game 
And um, as many video games as I have played, to have never actually gotten a platinum trophy is actually kind of odd, particularly particularly at this point. Um, and, I, and and for the record, if you haven't, that doesn't mean that you're any less of a gamer. But at that being said, it's something that I've kind of always thought about doing. Like, oh yeah, I'd like to take a game that I really enjoy or really love or really want to see everything about it um, to actually go ahead and platinum it. And so I put a poll on Twitter. And guys, I'm going to be platinuming God of War from 2018, uh, starting probably start starting this Saturday. And then I think I'm going to I think I'm going to switch up my schedule to where it's going to be a I know this is kind of weird. I do apologize because of my odd work schedule. Um, It's probably going to be like a Monday and Wednesday, 11 to one kind of playthrough. And then on Saturday, I'll be able to do like maybe like a longer, like maybe three to four hours kind of playthrough. And you guys are going to hop on Twitch and hang out with me. Um I will be starting from scratch, going straight through the story again, because I've been wanting to do that for, for a while anyways. And then after that, it's it's Valkyrie time, guys. We're 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 going to it, you know. And it's actually funny because I never actually went to um I think it's it's Muspelheim and there's another place you can go that that is an optional place, if I remember correctly, and um in God of War. And I never actually went to those areas. Um I basically beat the main story and then immediately jumped into Spider-Man uh whenever it came out. So you know, which which is another fantastic game and uh yeah, that's a, that's there's nothing wrong with that decision either. Um <clears throat> but yes, yeah, so that's what I'm going <clears> to <throat> excuse me, I'm so sorry. That's what I'm going to be playing. What I have been playing though right now is I actually just restarted Horizon Zero Dawn. Um another fantastic game. But one I never actually beat the main story on. I played for a long time, and then I, I want to say, I think it was Injustice 2 came out after that. Something came out that like was like a newer game, and it like pulled me away, and I never got around to going back to Horizon. Um, it's a fantastic game. I've always wanted to, wanted to play it. Um, and then when that gameplay reveal of Horizon Forbidden West came out this week, it just looked so cool, and I was just like, that's such a cool world. And it's such a cool new IP that I just I wanted to jump back in. Um, and they had, if you had the days of play, or if you if you had a chance to look at the days of play sale, or actually it was a freebie, um, the play at home or whatever I can't remember what PlayStation PlayStation was calling it. Last month it was free, um, but even if it's even if you don't weren't able to get it for free, it's a, still a pretty cheap game now because it's on the greatest hit. So it's twenty dollars or less. Um, it's even cheaper than that if you get the base game from GameStop or or another like local game store or wherever you go. Um, so Horizon Zero Dawn is definitely worth checking out, especially before the new one comes out. Um, and I and I'm very very excited for that one. So so yeah. So God of War started in this week, and Horizon Zero Dawn is what I'm playing in the meantime. I'm not streaming Horizon by the way. Uh, I'm just kind of going through that on my own pace. But God of War, if I'm if I have the controller in my hand and Kratos is on the screen. I will be streaming it. So you guys will not miss a single moment if you guys were checking me out on Twitch. So, Um, (laughs) Hey, hey Jacob. What's up, Al? Uh, For people who are unable to watch your fantastic Twitch streams, um, will the um, Twitch VODs uh, be available to watch anywhere uh, afterwards? Are you going to save any of those videos for people? Well... I, I have been considering doing that. I mean, of course, they're they're up for everyone to look uh, for, I think it's two weeks on Twitch. Um, and I might be looking into possibly switching them over to where you can still watch them on YouTube as well here soon. Um, but even if you can't, even if I'm not able to get those uh, taken care of or anything, you should definitely still check out the Fandom Correspondence YouTube page because we have some fantastic videos already on there and we have some even more fantastic videos coming. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, 
because I, I know I have plans. I haven't actually talked to Al about what he has planned just yet, but I know him and I know there's some good stuff coming. So, because mm-hmm. I, because, I, because here's the thing, guys, he hasn't done a tier list in like a month and a half. And if you know anything about Al, he loves tier list. So I know I there's one coming. And I, do. And I, I know, I, do. I know there's one coming. So, Al, do you want to give us a little sneak peek about what is coming? Oh, 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 well, look at you trying to get them, them, them sneak peeks. So we're mm. all, it'll, it'll taste of the action. Um, <laughs> yeah, so um, for those of you who know me at all, you know um, two things I really enjoy um, in this this crazy, crazy world are um, video games, and I really enjoy horror as well. So um, I believe for my next at least couple of tier list uh, videos I'm going to do for Phantom Correspondence, you might just see those two passions of mine kind of kind of combined for for a couple of tier list videos. I I wonder what those franchises are going to be. Hmm. Mm. Who could possibly tell? Who, who's to say? Who's to say? Really? Exactly. All right, well, let's go ahead and get right into the main event, my friends. We're going to be talking about Resident Evil today. Um, Al, why don't you actually start us off, Meg? You've, you've played Resident Evil longer than I have. Um, so what was your first experience with the series? Um, and kind of give us, and, and if, if it's what I think it is, go ahead and give us a little overview of kind of what the series is as a whole, for those of us who are unfamiliar. I would be happy to. So, uh, so Resident Evil, um, I mean, it's... It's a Capcom franchise. It's been around for, God, what feels like forever. Uh, the very first game, at least its U.S. release, was um, in 1996. So, um, you know, it's it's able to drink, it's able to vote, all that good stuff. Um, <laughs> it's wild. It's able to buy c- cigarettes. Actually, uh, this, that was this year, actually, it's, its car insurance goes down. So, oh, there you go. Resident Evil. <laughs> oh, good job, Resident Evil. You hit that um, hit that age where um, <laughs> where they just send you a bunch of a bunch of driving talent, and, and your insurance rates can randomly go down. So good job. Um, I'm glad they found the right address to send that package of driving talent to. Uh, so so um, so Resident Evil. It's a game primarily based on um, kind of the more modernized take on the zombie genre, uh, which is the idea that uh, the undead have kind of been created from some kind of scientific um, sci-fi type of biological event. Um, You know, if you get into the lore, there's discussion of the the T virus, um, the on the G virus, all kinds of various viruses, but it's the idea that um, um, you play a protagonist faced with all kinds of crazy um, zombified creatures, and you have to survive. Um, it was one of the very uh, first survival horror um, franchises of games. Um, it kind of towed the line in between releases, between focusing more on um, an action horror approach uh, between um, that um, and a more atmospheric kind of approach to horror that uh, the Silent Hill games um, I've kind of leaned into um, a a bit more of the years. It kind of towed the line between those two genres, um, or sub-genres, rather, um, of horror games. But um, it's a blast. 
Um, the games are almost universally uh, very well made as far as the main entries into the series go. Uh, Resident Evil um, 1, the original game, um, it's had a couple remakes over the years. The most recent remake is often put on um, game journalists and game developers' lists as one of the flawless games that they've ever played. Um, as far as the game design goes, as far as um, how interesting the story is, especially some stories and video games at the time when it came out were um, pretty much the epitome of hit and miss. Um, you had your Resident Evils and your Final Fantasy VII, and then you had, um, you know, everything else, um, <laughs> but, <laughs> to say the least. Um, but yeah, my first foray into the Resident Evil franchise myself was um, I actually um, I missed the boat on the very first game, but um, I had an older cousin who actually uh, was the one who gave me my very first home console, which was the PlayStation One, and um, I played uh, Resident Evil Two on the PlayStation One um, through having her there as a as a resource for me to both play games and play games that probably sh shouldn't have at the time but you know i've come out all right um so that was my first foray into the series um the series has grown and evolved and expanded a lot over the years which i'm sure we'll get into but it remains one of my favorite uh video game franchises um of all time i mean I mean, it's up there. As far as the f f full series of games go, I mean, Resident Evil is up there for me alongside, like, um, the lot of War games, um, the Devil May Cry games. Um, yeah, it's just, it's fantastic. It's got a bunch of my interests, and again, for the most part, they're all very well made and very well designed. Absolutely, yeah. No, I... Uh... Yeah, I mean, I can't. I'm, I'm, I'm similar with you. I missed the boat um, early on. Uh, you said, you said Resident Evil two. I'm sorry, did you say two or three was your first one? Excuse me. Uh, Resident Evil two on the PlayStation. Two. Gotcha on the PlayStation. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I missed the boat a long time. Um, so the first one I played, I would say I was twelve or thirteen. Um, and it was a little game called Resident Evil 4. Um, mm, that's one wait, of the more obscure titles. It is. Um, it is one of the more obscure titles. <laughs> What's so interesting about 4, which we'll get more into it here in a little bit. Um, but I have I have learned um, that there... Be, be, because, Al, I, I don't know if you follow any of the, like, Resident Evil, like, Reddits or Facebook groups or anything like that. Um the fans are very interesting. They they really are because you will have purists who will basically say there are only three games in the, in the series, mm. and then you will have other people who are one hundred percent there for just how much crazy shit can they possibly put into the next game, mm. um, and then somewhere in the middle <laughs> there are, there are people who genuinely just enjoy every game, which is pretty much where I'm at. Um, but so Resident Evil Four was the first one I played. Um, I played it on the PlayStation 2 whenever it was ported over. I did not play it on the GameCube. Um, although I've I've always wanted to try and play with the chainsaw controller. Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking mm. about, feel free pause this, 
or let us go in the background, whatever you want to do. But everyone who is listening to this needs to look up GameCube Chainsaw Controller for Resident Evil because it is a it's a marvel, honestly, to see. Like it is it is exceptional, um, and it's and it also looks overtly uncomfortable um, and heavy. I don't know. I've never actually held one, so I don't even know if it is heavy. But it looks it it looks like it would it would make the game much more difficult. Um, but anyways. I uh, I played I played that one and I just I fell in love honestly. Um, it was really interesting. The that time for gaming for me was really kind of when I really like became like an actual like gamer more more so than what I was of just like oh I'll pick this up and or what did mom get me at the store or what did or what is Josh my brother suggesting for me or Jenny or really any anyone else that's when I was like trying to dive into things that I wanted to play myself like not just taking recommendations but just being like this is interesting I want to know more about this um and honestly Legend of Zelda and Resident Evil were really the first two that I did that with um because I wanted to know more about the lore of each story. Um, problem with Resident Evil. See, the problem with Resident Evil versus Legend of Zelda is, is Legend of Zelda is all typically like one or two systems. Like you can, like there are ways to play pretty much every Legend of Zelda game, especially now. Um, but it's a bit more difficult, or at least it was. It was much more difficult to play every Resident Evil game back then, especially if they were harder to find. Um, because there were certain copies that were really hard to find, um, around that time. And also our PlayStation two was so picky by that, by that point of what games it would, it could play because by that point it is a year into the PS three's life cycle. So we are, we are slowly like being outdated basically. And also early PS threes, or at least the PS three we had couldn't play PS two games. So it was, it was really weird um, wanting to go and back and dive into the series, but not really being able to. So instead, I just played Resident Evil for basically forever. Uh, Resident Evil 4, basically forever. And then whenever 5 came out and so on, I just I stuck with them. And uh, yeah, I mean, Resident Evil 4 and 5, I just I fell in love with both of those. Um, and uh, and yeah, that's that's my that's my opening to the series. Um, but we're going to go. We're actually just going to kind of go through each one and just kind of talk about, you know, what, what do we really like about them? Al, I think, I think you and I have the same favorite, if I remember correctly, um, we were discussing. Um, but, uh, but let's just start at the beginning, man. I mean, what if Resident Evil one. So, I mean, for, if, if you know anything about me, um, I can never played the first three. <laughs> um, cause like I said, they were hard to find. And when I started playing the first one again, I played the, the, remake that Al was talking about from 2014 for the PlayStation 4 and I couldn't I couldn't stand it because if you don't know the first three games originally used what are called tank controls these are what are now considered antiquated control a uh, control system from the PlayStation 1 era because back then guys there were no analog sticks I know that's insane. Yeah, exactly. I know it's crazy. <laughs> that's that's scarier than anything in Resident Evil. <laughs> so, I mean, that's very true. Yeah, there were no analog sticks. So, what you'd have to do is you'd have to take the D-pad, and basically, if you hit left or right, your character would turn in a circle, and you'd have to hit forward to move them in that direction. So. 
the running gag while I was playing this, and for the record, yes, this was still like I played the second half of this game on a PlayStation Five, and I still had to use the tank controls that way. So I I, I played the second half of this game on a controller that has haptic feedback that can tell when Miles Morales is using tension on the on the web swinging that he's doing in the game, and I still had to use tank controls because. As antiquated as they are, once you start to really get used to them, in my opinion, they actually work really well for that game. Like, I I think I would hate, like, I know that during that time there were a couple platformers that came out that used them. I would hate that. But for a survival horror game, I think they were perfect. Um, I will admit, like, the first, like, three hours of the game... Uh, because for the record, I take, I'm not a speedrunner. It takes me forever to beat a game and it takes me more time in a game like this. Cause I want to look for supplies and lore and everything else. Um, but for me, uh, it took me forever to actually get used to them. And I, I always had the running gag that, that, uh, Chris was going to have head damage by the end of this, um, by the end of this, by the end of the game, um, because he was running into so many walls and so many doors, um, but uh, but I, I love it. It's it's a fantastic game. I would I'd love to play it again. And honestly, I'm glad I got used to the tank controls because I've heard that other games in the series that are still using tank controls are really good, and I haven't had a chance to play them yet. So hopefully I'll be able to do that later. But uh, Al, what are what are some of your thoughts on Resident Evil? Um, whether it's the, whether it's the original, whether it's the 2014 remake, just whichever whichever one you want to talk about. What are some of your what are some of your favorite moments from it? What what do you really like about the game? Sure, yeah, man. I mean, uh, again, when you talk about Resident Evil 1, especially when you talk about the most recent remake, um, and there is a remaster and a remake. Um, everybody usually recommends the remake just because it is a little bit more updated um, and polished than the remaster was. But um, the remake, I mean... Again, there are a lot of journalists and game developers out there that list the remake of Resident Evil 1 as one of the most flawless games they've ever played. Um, and I think there's a lot to that. Um, there's a lot to that reputation that, that that game has because it's it's a good survival horror game. It's good at the primary thing that it's supposed to do. And then within the framework of it being a good survival horror game, it does so many other things really well, too. Um, there are good riddles and, and puzzles that you have to figure out within the game in order to progress that forces you to really engage with the game more and figure out, you know, that weird thing you picked up that's taken up a valuable spot in your inventory you know what's really going on with that thing that um, the game is trying to tell you to use in a specific way and so it forces you to engage even with just the small things in the game that um, a lot of games you can kind of play with your brain turned off um while resident evil one especially the first time you play it really demands that you take a more um, calculated approach to the gameplay and to solving the puzzles, even down to to making the decision on which um, you know zombies you burn compared to which zombies you leave, because I had this really interesting mechanic of you can burn some zombies after you kill them and they'll be dead um, 
for the rest of the playthrough. Whereas if you leave some zombies there, then some of them will become um, super-powered zombies, essentially that move faster and do more damage, um, called uh, uh, Scarlet Heads. And so um, it really forced you to think about the game you were playing, which... um, a lot of times with games, they kind of fall into general kind of patterns or formulas or game design um, decisions that are kind of predictable. And you can just kind of glide through them and going through the motions of the gameplay. Whereas um, these games really force you to think about what you're trying to do, which um, it was a really cool experience back then. Going back to play it now um is just a really, really unique experience as well. Um, you know, as far as the controls go, um, you know, there's a joke about the first Resident Evil game. It applies to the first couple of Silent Hill games as well, where, you know, one of the reasons why they're so effective at being survival horror games is that um, in addition to the threat of the enemies in the game and the situations you find yourself in, compounding that stress is the anxiety and the stress of having to somehow successfully maneuver your character avatar into doing what you're trying to make it do as zombies are closing in on you and as puzzles are starting to to turn aggressive and life-threatening you know you have the experience of of being like you know same thing happens in silent hill 2 you know a game that came out a good six or seven years after resident evil 1 where you're going through as james sunderland and that weird monster that looks like two king-sized beds glued on top of each other is mm. is coming is coming after you and there's a specific spot on the wall that you have to insert that coin into and james is just like oh nope there isn't anything down here on the floor oh <laughs> <laughs> something's gross grown on the ceiling isn't that kind of weird oh that weird bed monster is coming at me the same thing <laughs> can be applied to the older uh, resident evil games where you know um some people question if it was really a sign of the times or if it was more so just, you know, we could program a way that your character is, um, is omnidirectional, but, I mean, that reduced the fear factor by a good, you know, power of 10. So <laughs> so why would we do that? Um, but yeah, that game's great. Um, one of my most memorable times with the remake was um, um, I opened it up, um, I started playing it. I was really amazed at um, a lot of the really big graphical improvements they were doing, a lot of, of the quality of life improvements they made um, in the remake of the first game. Um, that I was so caught up in it that the scares that I knew were coming um, still got me <laughs> on my first playthrough because I was so wrapped up and like checking out just like oh that's a cool that's a cool texture on the wall in between the windows like yeah that, that's really cool oh my god there's a zombie coming right through the window okay <laughs> okay never mind sorry i forgot i was playing a resident evil game i thought yep. this was a <laughs> i thought this was a museum emulator that's my bad that's my bad uh but uh oh no it's great i mean on the control designs aside um yeah they're kind of a lot to figure out especially if you don't usually play a lot of older games like that but um 
Um, I mean, a thousand people in the industry can't be wrong. Uh, the remake yep. of the first game is one of is is one of the triumphs of game design and game engagement. And um, I do suggest that anybody who's able to play it, who's interested in the series at all, um, try to look past some of the jankiness of tank controls and some of the weirdness of the gameplay uh, to really get yourself immersed uh, in that game because it's really worth it. I I, I can't agree more. Um, there's there's so many things that it's it, there's so many things that I learned from that game that 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 helped me be a better gamer in the later entries in the series honestly um one of the first one of the first ones is, is i will i will never forget um getting stuck and having no idea how to get that arrowhead off and then you just you just <laughs> you were watching me on stream and all of and all of a sudden all i just saw was jacob examine it and I was, I was like, "What does that even mean?" And then I hit it, and then I realized there was an examine button on the uh, on the item inventory screen, <laughs> which you have to take the arrow head off the arrow and then stick it into the actual thing to make the the door go up. It's a it's a whole thing, um, and that is one thing that some people won't like about the first one, but I adored it. Was uh, backtracking. Um, I, I don't think I can do it now, but I swear by the end of my first of my playthrough of that, I could go through that the main part of the mansion blindfolded. I'm convinced. Um, oh yeah, even with tank controls, just because I knew every corner, how how to get to every every single area. Um, you know, it's just it's 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 just part of it. You know, but honestly, that was one of the few games I didn't mind the backtracking. Because and, and and if and if this is your fir- if, if your first time playing as the 2014 version, which, like I said, I I honestly would recommend that. Um, uh, video game donkey talks about this in his in his video about it. Is the way that they animated it, everything in the back is like, like it doesn't move. It's almost like you like you're walking around in a painting, while your characters are the 3d sprites or, or the 3d characters what's uh, it's it almost looks like a, like a, like a 60s cartoon where uh where like the backdrop is not go- is is not going to move but you can tell there are going to be certain items that are going to be picked up or certain characters are moving i know that might sound weird but if if you if you watch the older kind of animations you don't know what i'm talking about um but imagine that with 2014 uh graphics and 2014 technology and they really make this just a gorgeous landscape and a gorgeous setting for you to actually go and to walk through and try to survive in al is absolutely correct when he was talking about you know there there will be moments where you just start looking at the back at the backdrops and being like this is so interesting so cool to watch and then all of a sudden a zombie or a or a dog or a Cerberus comes out of nowhere and you're just like, oh no, what's happening? You know? I mean the 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 hallway where the infamous um where the infamous dog comes through comes through the window is an entirely different hallway in the new version. And it looks so pretty. <laughs> like it's like, like this like black and white like tile kind of thing going on it. And it's just it's really cool just the design of it that I was paying so much attention to that 
then, like Al said, whenever the dog came through the window, I t- I completely forgot that, that is literally considered to be one of the like top five scariest moments in video game history. So I completely forgot about it and got spooked. Um, but design aside, like the inventory management was a key thing. Because guys, I just want to just without either of us saying it, just go ahead and think it right now. Just real quick, you're playing as Chris Redfield of Resident Evil fame. How many item slots do you think you have in the first game? Just go ahead and think just real quick. We're going to take a second. Just Al, how many item slots does Chris Redfield have in the first game? Ooh. Um, is, is, the answer, is the answer six? The answer is six. He yeah, has yeah. six item slots. Now, you might be thinking, okay, well, that you know, he's, he's got his gun. He's got his ammo. Um, he's got his knife. You know, um, but no, it's not just that, guys. Okay, your gun takes up an item slot. Your ammo takes up an item slot up to, I think, 50. And then after, if you want to keep more than that, you have to use another slot. Um, Your shotgun will take up another item slot. The ammo for the shotgun will take up one. Uh, Your ink ribbons, which are how you save, takes up one. Your main knife, which is how you break apart certain objects, takes up one. Um, The lighter to light certain zombies on uh, fire takes up a slot, as well as the gas can that you would need to fill the lighter to light the zombies on fire takes up one. So I just mentioned eight fairly essential items to you right there. Which one do you cut, guys? How do you do it? But what happens is you start to realize, that's where the backtracking comes in, because you start to realize, um, oh, I didn't even talk, I didn't, by the way, there is no key item slot anymore or uh, during this point. So, yes, the keys that you will need to go into certain doors, you have to keep those in a certain item slot as well. So what you have to do a lot of times is you have to make the, make the realization, I can't carry everything. So you have to go back to the save points and go into, um, like, open your chest that you have that where you can, you can put pretty much, I think you can put, like, 100 items in there. Or something like that. I can't remember the exact number. Um, But you have to have that. And you have to constantly go back there. Take this out. Put it back in. Uh, If you want healing items, you have to have those. I didn't even mention healing items. That's another thing, though. Um, And it gets gets crazy. Because there was a point where (laughs) I I had saved after a boss fight. And basically, I knew that I had to get to the other side of the map. While I was in yellow, I had three pistol ammo, one shotgun shell, the knife, and like two ink ribbons. And that's all I had. But I knew that I had to get by. I knew that I had to do that. And so imagine the – that takes up the fear factor a lot as well is you have to do all of that while using tank controls and avoiding zombies – Oh and, oh, and I had no defensive items, which that was actually kind of cool. Is defensive items are something that if a zombie grabs you and you hit L2 or if you set to automatic because the L2 is very spotty on that. That's the one issue I have with the game. Um, is you, they will stick the defensive item in the zombie's head and it'll knock them out for a few seconds or will kill them if it's a flash grenade and then you shoot them in the head, um, which is a very effective way to take them out, by the way. But anyways, that's a whole other thing. Um yeah, where was I? Anyways, um, <laughs> the fear factor of have of having limited limited item inventory and the uh, and the um, uh, tank controls is definitely a big factor. And Al is absolutely correct on that. 
but it's uh, but this is a fantastic. It's a fantastic game. It's definitely worth checking out. Um, the next entry in the series was one that I had never never touched, never had played the original. Nothing. Um, when they did the remake back in 2019, I was very intrigued by it, but it wasn't enough that I wanted to pick it up. Um, and that one's Resident Evil 2. And Al's already said that was his first one. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's interesting, guys, is I think that actually, at least the remake, I haven't played the original, but the remake, I think, is probably my favorite version of Resident, as my favorite Resident Evil game. Um, just because they nailed everything about the survival horror aspects as well as the it, it was almost like they took everything that was good about every version of resident evil and they and they put it into this game um because you don't use the tank controls in this you are over the shoulder you can move while aiming which for some purists they they hated that so much but at the same time trust me it there is still there is still a lot of strategy there's still a lot of fear of, pl- of placing yourself in the right spots um Mr. X and uh, and and Birkin are still just incessant, um, to say the least. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just I but I I fell in love with the game. Uh, oh, also we get the introduction of Leon Superman Kennedy and uh, and Claire Redfield, and mm-hmm. both of them are fantastic, uh, fantastic characters. Um, Al, Al uh, walking through Resident Evil Two, what, what, a little bit because you actually played the original, so a little, a little bit about that one and a little bit about the remake as well. Oh boy, the Resident Evil Two, but um, yeah, it was my first um, entry into the series. Uh, the original was. Um, I mean, it's a great game. Um, it's one of those uh, rare times when a um, highly anticipated sequel to a successful game comes out and it is um it's just as good as the expectations of for it were um if not even better than what it was i mean you've got uh, when you talk about the resident evil franchise if you follow it uh if you follow it chronologically if you follow the history of the franchise you have a series that, um, as long as you consider um, the um, the primary game entries, you know, one, two, three, four, five, and even as well as some of the spinoffs as well, when you, you consider, you know, um, RE0 uh, or Code Veronica or... or some of the Revelations games. Um, those are a bit more <laughs> contentious than the other ones I talked about. I mean, you go through the franchise, and I mean, it takes you to Resident Evil 5. It takes you up to like Gen 6 of consoles to get to one that's arguably not fantastic and universally um, celebrated. Mm. And that isn't even a slight Resident Evil 5. I think Resident Evil 5 is where the series really starts to change, but um, it's still a solid and very fun game. Um, I mean, you get up to Generation 6 when the first game came out in the mid 
90s. Uh, you get up to Generation 6 of consoles before you get a game that people complain about. I mean, that's a pretty strong franchise. Um, and so when you talk about the original games and when you talk about the progression from RE1 to RE2 and RE2 to RE3 um, and RE3 to RE4, um, that's a bunch of REs I just said. But um, you're talking about a progression that, I mean, if you find a hot take about, you know, the quality from Resident Evil 1 to 2, if you find a hot take about that progression, it's probably a hot take kind of designed to to anger and inflame fans. That's, pr- that's probably all there is behind it. Because I don't know a person who genuinely t- doesn't enjoy Resident Evil 2. And I know very few people who don't genuinely enjoy the remake of Resident Evil 2. Uh, it's just a game that's so well done. It's where you start to reach kind of the the pinnacle times for those survival horror aspects and uh, mechanics to really start to come out and become a lot more concrete and established. You know, you have this um, constant threat in Resident Evil 2. Uh, I'm in Mr. X and Perkin when, when they show up, I mean, that is not an enemy you fight for a majority of the game. That's not an enemy you fight. That's an enemy you run from. Um, and that was... At the time, that was a pretty, pretty adventurous way to take the franchise, but it's done so well and so consistently well um, that it actually comes out to be very enjoyable. It comes out to be a very enjoyable challenge um, for the game to go in. Um, I know there for a while, um, the period of video games that I kind of refer to as like the dark age of horror games where there was a lull in the Silent Hill games, which hell that's happening still. And there was a lull in the Resident Evil games because we got Resident Evil six. And if there's a mainline Resident Evil game that's commonly considered to be bad, um it's that one. But there was a period there with the lulls in the two powerhouses of survival horror where Every big game came out, operated on the idea of you run from the enemies, you don't fight. Or if you fight, you very rarely fight. That was the idea behind Outlast. Um, I think Outlast is very overrated, but it's a very successful franchise. That was the idea behind um, Asia the Dark Descent, um, which is a very highly celebrated game. Um, That was... That the idea behind all of these indie horror games is that you run from the threat. Um, and as much as, as people love to laud the originality and the uniqueness of things like Outlast, um, that started with Resident Evil 2 way long ago, way back in 1998. Mm. Um, so the fact that it introduced something that so many years later became the expectation for a lot of horror games, um, it became kind of the cast that a lot of indie developers um, used to craft their games around. Um, that says a, a lot for the game in and of itself. Add to the fact that it continued the things it did well, especially when you get into the remakes. Um, 
you know, it it added polish to the gameplay. It added um, a little bit of user clarity on some of the puzzles. Um, you know, it capitalized on the fact that the protagonist cast for Resident Evil games is very, very good, um, are very, very beloved yeah. characters by the fans. Um, I mean, you just have a recipe for success. Um, and honestly, I'm kind of surprised it took Capcom so long to do full-on remakes of those games. I think they would have very conceivably have come out on um, like uh, PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 alongside RE5. But I'm very glad that they did take so long to come out because just what uh, the previous gen and current gen consoles are able to do, both graphically and gameplay-wise, have really lent a lot to the remakes. And so, I mean, you've got, as I said, it's going to take us a while going through the games to really find one that there's an objective issue with because all of these games are just so well designed and have, have really lasted the test of time. That absolutely like that's one of the things that I was about to that I was about to talk about, which I apologize. We skipped over the fact that the first Resident Evil has at least five five characters that will that will always be some of my favorites in video game history. Uh, and we'll, we'll, we will come back to those because most of them do show up in later games, fortunately. Um, and we can kind of talk a bit about their uh, their growth and continuation. But uh, Resident Evil 2, one of the most interesting things is, one, how open it becomes. Um, because, of course, you start off in the, in the police precinct. Well, really, you start off trying to get inside the police precinct, and then it goes from there. Because then you, you like you walk the streets of Raccoon City, you go to this like super creepy daycare because they're like, hey, this wasn't creepy enough. Now there's like a daycare that's just abandoned, which is it's one of those things. I don't know why that's so freaky to so many people, but here's the thing: it is because it's freaky to me. Um, mm, you know, sure. and you know, but you're but you're saving, uh, but you save Sherry Burke in there, and uh, you know, you don't know that that's her father yet. Dun dun dun. Um, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's just a, yeah. <laughs> Spoiler uh, alert for a 23 year old game, but yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's funny is I actually didn't know who that was. Um, I, I didn't know who, I didn't know any spoilers for Resident Evil 2 when I played the remake, uh, earlier this year. Um, so that actually would have been a spoiler for me, but fortunately, um, I was just like, oh, okay, sweet, Sherry. Bur- that's 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 Sherry, and uh, her father is turned into a, an, an elder tour right right in front of our eyes, you know. So that that's that's a thing. Um, but yeah, it's just the the level design and everything for that game is just it's perfect. It's there's really there's really no other word for it. Um, there's never a point where you feel safe for one thing, which is. Which is rare because even in the state, like there's two safe rooms in the precinct, I think. I know um, I, I can think of one just because that's where you, uh, or well, no, there, there, there's two because one, there's the police office, and then there's also the, um, uh, uh, the place where you, uh, do the, the photos. I can't remember what the, the dark room. Right. Um, I think, oh, the star's office as well. I think there's potentially three. Uh, one of them, I th- 
One of them, I think, is a hidden one that becomes inaccessible after a certain part of the game. I might be. I got gotcha. you. Might be incorrect about that though. I got gotcha. you. I know the I know the stars office is one um, because I because I remember thinking I was like because the first time I got there I just ran past the liquor that was there <laughs> and so my entire thought process is, is like I gotta get that machine gun and then I turn around and then he's just gonna be there and I'm gonna lay into him and for unfortunately he never showed he never actually came through but I was ready like I was standing by that <laughs> desk and I was like I'm gonna take him down <laughs> um, but. Uh, but yeah, but that, but that's but that right there, like I just mentioned, like the the liquors were introduced in in this in this game, and like that's a even if you don't know Resident Evil, if we showed you a picture of a liquor, you have probably seen that somewhere in some video game yeah. like montage or something, because they are such a I think them and Nemesis, in my opinion, would be like the two like if you think of Resident Evil, you think of those two enemy types. Um because they are just so, they're they're so iconic. It's 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 like it's like Sub Zero, Scorpion, and Goro for for Mortal Kombat. You know what I mean? Um, it's it's hard not to think of those characters if you're thinking of the series. Um, and also, I hate liquors. Liquors are my like one of my least favorite uh, uh, enemies to ever fight. But it's because one, they're difficult to kill, and two, they're absolutely terrifying. Um, they just they show up out of nowhere. They make god awful noises, and if you move like half an inch while they're near you, you're just done. So you basically have you have choices to make. I, like you said, either A, you could just bolt it out of there, or B, you need to aim carefully <laughs> and make sure that you have all of your guns fully loaded and able to switch very quickly to to just lay waste into them and hope that there's not a second one around the corner, which Spoiler alert, there probably is, so be ready. Um, but yeah, I just, I loved, I loved that game so much. I had so much fun playing through that one. Um, and I, because I, also you get a bunch of the lore in there, like you get a lot more than you did. Like in the first one, the first one's meant, I think, to be vague because you're meant to have a lot of questions. You get, you do get a lot of lore with, you know, the Trevor family and, uh, and picking up the different, um, the different pages that kind of, give you give you basically like these like bits of clues as to what happened here with the within the Arclay mountains where you get to like okay here's oswald spencer here's james i never can think of his last name um uh fact checking boy you want to get on that one who's the oh. who's the guy who teams up with, with oswald spencer because it's oswald spencer they get um uh george trevor to uh design the mansion and James, okay, all right. Another spoiler alert: He's the bug guy that shows up in, in Resident Evil Zero, which is my favorite sentence I've ever said on this podcast. <laughs> because he is literally, or no, he's not bugs; he's slugs. He's literally a man made of slugs. <laughs> because guys, we had discussed this because they have because they don't really go too crazy until until this this level of the of the game. Um, these games can get actually absolutely insane. And I think that's why the second one works so well um, is because it's where you realize that Resident Evil one was them trying to do basically silent Hill, but with more weapons and more and a, a slightly bit more of an action oriented um, state Resident Evil two is where they really found their own identity. I'm not saying anything against Resident Evil one Resident Evil two is where it kind of became Resident Evil in my opinion. 
Um, and it's definitely that that's why it's definitely worth checking out. Um, but, uh, but yeah. yeah, it's just a, it's a great series. Yeah. And it's a great, it's a great game. Yeah, for sure. Um, do you, oh, I'm sorry. Fact checking boy. Um, are you referring to James Arcus? That's it. Yep. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. He is, um, fun fact for people who haven't done, um, a total deep dive into all of the games. Um, he's actually the primary antagonist in, um, RE zero as well. Yeah. The, the slug man. Yeah. He's totally he's a slug man. man. <laughs> he's the slug man. <laughs> He is the slug man. <laughs> That's why I'm so excited to talk about this series. That is, his, that like... is his primary gig. Exactly. It's kind of like how Father John Misty isn't really referred to as the drummer for the Flea Foxes anymore. He's referred to Father John Misty. <laughs> Father John Misty. Yeah, exactly. You know, James Marcus isn't really referred to as, as the antagonist of RE0 anymore. He's, he's referred to as the slug man. Slug man. He's a slug man. He is the slug man. I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> <laughs> he's just He's just slug man. oh goodness um but yeah but bottom line yes resident evil 2 please go go check it out it's it's such a good such a good game um they just do so many cool things with it the boss fights are just absolutely fantastic um even the 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 mr x fight at the end like when you finally do fight him is one of the more difficult things i've ever done because it's it's imagine this guy that you've been literally like running from through an entire police precinct and now you basically have like a moving platform that's basically the size of the room i'm recording in and uh and he's on the other end and he's and he's getting closer so you have to figure out something that you're gonna do um but uh but yeah but yes but leon uh, Another great character that was introduced that we don't really talk that we haven't talked about yet. Ada Wong is introduced in this one. Ada Wong. And Ada, man. I mean, Ada is. I mean, she's she's one of the best characters of the series, you know, because they're all fantastic. But she's definitely one of the one of the best. Um, she's interesting because you never really know who she's working for. Um, it's widely believed that in two, she's actually working for Wesker from the first game, even though. Um, he technically died at the end of the first game. Um, and, uh, there was air quotes there, by the way, I know this is a recording you can't see that, but I was hoping that the way that I said that would have conveyed that fairly well. Um, Wesker never really dies, um, by the way. Um, not completely, not completely, but anyways, um, <laughs> definitely not forever and definitely not forever. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> Ada, Ada is technically working for him at this point, and she's supposed to be getting like the virus, like the sample, um, the one that is left that was not consumed by William Burke, and which is now turning him into just the worst thing ever. Um, but uh, but yeah, she's she's just a really cool character. Um, she shows up and saves Leon's ass like three different times, um, including in the Mister X fight and the end of his campaign. Um, where she throws him the rocket launcher. That's how you defeat Mr. X. Um, but yeah, it's just, she's great. Al, who would you say is your favorite character from, from Resident Evil 2? RE2. It's mm, a good question. Um, I like 
Leon Kennedy a lot. However, I don't think he really hits his stride until RE4. Um, RE4 introduces um, Leon, who who uh, it's very easy to tell that he is a character who lived through the events of RE2, if that makes sense. Uh, because just <laughs> nothing ever... <laughs> ever strikes him in our e4 as <laughs> as, any, as anything at all he's just like okay i mean this might as well happen now exactly. <laughs> i've i've seen stranger things um but um yeah i mean ada is up there f- for me um as well as claire claire's up there f- for me as well um and that's something that this franchise does really well the franchise is very kind to its email characters and very um offers a lot of very equal opportunities for the female characters to be just as awesome just as as interesting mysterious just as big of badasses as all the male characters um as well which um i mean you look around video games right now and you see all kinds of female characters and female badasses and all that. But um, especially way back then, that was harder to come by. And I think that's something that Capcom doesn't get a lot of credit for is just how early they implemented strong female characters in their games like Resident Evil. Um, It's definitely a testament to what they do. I, I completely agree. I mean, even just talking about Capcom, I mean, of course, you know, you look at characters like Kun Lee and Cammy who... Although they have definitely, which I mean, the Resident Evil characters have as well. Of course, everyone, if there is ever a female character in a game, it can be turned horrible by the internet. And I'll just, I won't even go into why, but I'll just let you fill fill in the gaps on that imagination for you. But when it comes right down to it, first and foremost, though, Cammy and Chun-Li are still, you know, two very, very strong female characters. Um, and like you said, Claire, Ada, and perfect segue to the third one, uh, probably my favorite, probably my favorite yeah, I mean, possibly my favorite character of the series, actually, uh, Jill Valentine. Yeah. Um, just, I mean, another fantastic character, which she, in, in the first one, I, I need to replay the first one as Jill because, mm. one, because I didn't, because um, I, ha- I have not fully realized all the fantastic uh, quotes from Barry Burton just yet, um, <laughs> except for seeing them in a few different videos. But also, um, because I didn't, because I want to know more about Jill and like see her kind of growth as a character. Um, because you start off in Resident Evil Three, which is the next one, um, it kind of runs concurrent to uh, concurrent to Resident Evil Two. Um, so much so that even there are certain areas yes. of the game. Hmm? Yes. 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 That's right. Sorry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, there are certain areas of the game where they uh, where it's literally the exact same area like you um the most notable one because in leon's campaign claire's campaign and then in jill's story all three of you eventually go to kendo's gun gun shop one way or another um seeing it at different what's interesting what's even more interesting is that at that scene in particular you see three different timelines of what's happening in that which is a very tragic scene um i hate it um it's the worst um makes me kind of tear up um you know, thinking about it, but, uh, you know, it's, um, it's part of it. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I mean that area, like you can, 
Actually, I think Jill even goes past the uh, the orphanage or the daycare or whatever where Sherry is uh, in the third game at one point. Um, that's and that's one thing that I think was a complaint for some people. At least I know for the third for the re, for the remake of the third game, um, which this is kind of where we get into the discussion about you know the different kind types of fans. Um, where the third the third game remake, a lot of people complained about it because they said that, you know oh, it was so short. Um, it didn't really have a whole lot of extra stuff to it except for the – I can't remember what the game mode was called. But it was like that multiplayer game mode where it's basically you're either like a Hunger Games style like game master versus a team of four that have to figure out all your traps and all the different zombies and enemy types you're going to unleash, um, which I, I I would like to play. It sounds interesting, so I'd like to try that out one day. I just haven't had a chance to. Um but I think some people, were, they were kind of upset that it was a full, like, $60 game, um, which I get that. Especially considering the the remake of 2 at one point, like, they did, like, an immediate sale where it was, like, 40 bucks, like, the like the second week that it was out. So I do see where people are coming from on that. Um, but all the same, and it might just be because I got it on sale, I will say that the remake of the third game is absolutely fantastic. Um Al, I know I, I feel like I've been talking too much, and I apologize. Uh, no, no, <laughs> so, uh, you uh, I, you said you played the original of, of three, right? Um, yes, yes, I did play the original three. Okay, so how does it? How would you say it compares to how? How would you say both versions compare to the remakes uh, to to both versions of two? Um, yeah, so four, <laughs> right? Um, so yeah, there was. A lot of discontent, a lot of backlash around fans with the RE3 remake or the three make, as I've as I've taken a calling it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's trademarked by the way, so nobody else take <laughs> that. Um, but and I understand to a point. I think that the way those concerns were verbalized were verbalized very. Um, very poorly because one of the things I heard them complain, um, which is actually a complaint that came out um, at first uh, before um, RE Village um, even came out, is that, you know, the game is too short. And I get that. Um, However, just verbalizing a complaint as this game is too short, um, when you're talking, especially when you're talking about Resident Evil 3, um, the, that original game is pretty short, and that's something we haven't talked a lot about uh, with these games, is that vast majority of Resident Evil games are designed with the intention in mind to, first time through, you explore, you kind of exhaust all the hallways, all the rooms, try to you know, change all the rooms on your map from red to blue and get all the items and all that good stuff. And you kind of go through and take your time with it. Um, subsequent playthroughs of these games are designed for you to know what to do, go through, and run through the game pretty fast. Um, I think on almost every one of the main games, there's like an achievement or a trophy, or even before trophies were a thing, there was like a little in-game challenge of just like try to beat the game in under three hours or under five hours or whatever it was. I mean... These are games that are designed to be pretty short because the initial experience is supposed to have you very much engaged and very much immersed so that you don't mind how short it is. And then subsequent playthroughs are there to test your 
expertise with playing the game. So I get that people say, well, the RE3 remake was really short. Uh, however, those games in general are really short. The other complaint is that RE3 remake cut a lot of content that was in the original game. And that is true. I will give people that. That is true. There were areas and some scenes and um, actually an entire boss that was cut from the remake. Um, controversial opinion. Um, I think the cut boss from the original game, the Grave Higger boss, um, I don't think that was a particularly good boss fight anyway. Um, so, there, so there wasn't a whole lot of love lost for me on that one. Um, but, and the reasoning Capcom had for cutting out those areas in the remake as well was that they weren't areas that played particularly important in Jill's version of the campaign. Um, and he's the latter half of Jill's version of the campaign. And since people knew Jill would be the player focus of this game, even though you can play as Carlos, um, they were just kind of like, hey, we can get this out faster. We can get this out before Village if we go ahead and cut those areas that aren't particularly important to the narrative of the game anyway. Um, I think it would have been really cool and would have made a lot of fans happier if they had given the option of... Um, hey, you can go in yourself and have like a switch in the options of the game saying, hey, I want this part of the game in it. Hey, I don't. Uh, I think that would have been a really good way to offer a compromise there. Um, but um, if that isn't what happened. So people are going to hate on the remake of 3, uh, which is a shame because the remake of 3 is, is really well designed. Um, I think as far as quality goes, it's just as high quality of a remake as uh, the two remake is to the original second game as well. Um, um, it definitely gives you a lot more quality time with Jill, uh, which is good because for people who know or don't know, Jill is a pretty important character in the wider events of Resident Evil. Um, so yeah, overall it's great. Um, Emesis is one of the most iconic villains from video game history, and he's recreated in this remake very, very well and very, very effectively. Um, <laughs> to the point that um, he and Jill are in are in the um, game Head uh, by Daylight now um so um i did not know that that's awesome <laughs> yeah they, yeah they they had teased that they were gonna add um survivors and killers from the resident evil uh, franchise and um i think in a very wise decision they went with emesis and jill and possibly leon i'm not sure um i'll have that chicken boy get on that one mm, but um yeah um i mean that just goes to show, I mean, how iconic those characters are and how how big of an impression that game left on video game culture in general and horror culture in general. Uh, when you get down to it, I think arguably Resident Evil 3 is one of the more significant 
games in the history of horror entertainment mm-hmm. um, just because of how well they have perfected uh, on the survival genre up to that point and just of how iconic the characters are. Um, but yeah, it's an excellent game. Uh, the three make is well worth your time. It's pretty affordable now. And I feel like it goes on sale like all the time. So yeah, it really uh, does. it's a good one to grab for the days when like it's randomly on sale for like 20 bucks or whatever it is. So, so it's a good one. Yeah, I will. I'll go ahead and actually mention that. I, for those of you who don't know, uh, when I was going to replay all of these, um, I got really lucky and there was a sale that had two and three, the remakes bundled together for 30. And then they had basically the remasters of four, five and six bundled together for, I think it was like 20 bucks. So I got all the games for like 50. Um, cause I already had one. I already had seven. Um, so definitely be on the lookout uh, for the play on the PlayStation Store. Like if you haven't played these, they they do go on sale fairly often. Um, and if and if it's not on sale on this one, just wait till the next sale happens. You know, it's you never know. Um, and they, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, um, I was just gonna say that um, it's also on sale um, very often on um, Steam um, oh, as well. I think like its average price now is down to like. 25 bucks i think Sweet. um and capcom has all kinds of sales on steam all the time so, so it'll go down even, even yeah that's kind, that. of, that's kind of the good thing with like most video games anymore unless, unless they're nintendo those are just always evergreen titles um but like a lot, a lot of games after like two years or so will typically go down fairly significantly significantly in price at least like half if not less than that um so yeah, it's always sometimes it's, sometimes it's good to wait a few years in case you're unsure about a game. You don't want to spend a full sixty to now seventy dollars on, on one. So, but anyways, yeah. um, it's very true. Um, fact checking boy, oh, yes. part two. <laughs> um, I have confirmation that um, the characters added to Dead by Daylight in the most recent update is. Emesis as the killer. He's classified as a hybrid killer. I haven't played enough of that game to know what that means. Um, but and the survivors added are Jill Valentine and Leon Kennedy. Sweet. So there you go. I'm 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 excited. I'm, I might try to grab those later and re-download that. I've I've played Dead by Daylight in a while, but that's a fun one I'm getting to too. Um, but yeah, Resident Evil Three. I uh, Jill Valentine, man, like she just she becomes one of the most. I think I think I think I remember telling you that I was about to start it, and I and I was telling you I was excited to play as Jill, and you were and your I think your direct words back to me were you will quickly find that she is one of the most resourceful and well rounded characters in the series, and that's absolutely true. Like. Because don't get me wrong, I love Chris, I love Leon, I love Ada, I love Claire, all the others. But, I mean, all of them can get behind Jill, in my opinion. Like, because if if the zombie apocalypse happens, I'm going to look for her first. Because she's just... Because she, I mean, she took out Nemesis. I mean, like, none of the others can say that, you know? Like, like I mean, when it comes right down to it, I mean, heck, Mr. X took, no, took an actual... Uh, 
took an actual rocket launcher to take him down, and that took forever. And then uh, Birkin was just killed because of an exploding train and a nuke. You know? Like, I mean, but contrast that with Jill. Jill was like, dude, Nemesis just grew to be, like, the size of, a like, a building. And, uh, you know, I'm ready to take him on. There just happens to be a railgun here. You know? Like, it's... Even if the railgun wasn't there, I'd still fight him. You know? Like, that's, that's just who Jill is. And that's, that's why I was like, dude, he's just... She is she is just quickly becoming one of my favorite video game characters of all time. Like the more the more that I like learn about her character, um, and the more that I played as her, I just fell in love with her. Um so yeah, no, Jill is Jill's just awesome. Um and I just I really like her arc that uh you know, and, and another thing about the third one is that it shows you how um uh how Marvin got bit, um, which was very sad but also very interesting. Um mm-hmm. Absolutely. to kind of it was it was really it was interesting because it basically it filled in all the gaps from two like and, and there weren't that many, but just like small things like that really kind of fleshed out the world to where you really understand basically how everything connects to like the art the Arclay Ma- Mansion incident happens and then the fallout from that is why two and three happen um, and it really really kind of makes it a fully formed first trilogy in my opinion. Um, I will I will tell you this um at the end of the first game or at the end of the third game two two big things happen right at the end one is you have two you have the last two nemesis fights which are awesome by the way um and then and then you have to stop Nikolai from uh killing Carlos um but the the fir- the first of those last two uh, nemesis fights happens and I was like, "That's that was a really cool fight. He was running all over the place. And then all of a sudden they also add zombies to it. And you're just like, whoa, I don't even know what to focus on now. Um, and, you know, you, you defeat him. You literally burn him with acid. <laughs> and and then you're, you're like, okay, surely that's the last time I've seen Nemesis. <laughs> He's literally in a pool of acid. Okay. Then you go, <laughs> like, into the next room. And it's it, there's a little there's a couple more areas, but you the next time the next like big major area that you go into, Nikolai has turned on you, and uh, he's one of the guys who has turned on you. And his whole thing is he's supposed to get the he's supposed to get the sample um, of the oh goodness, it's not the G virus sample that Ada's getting from the second game. It's a different one, but anyways, he's supposed to get this sample this sample of, the, of whatever virus it is and then put it sell on a black market or something. I, I, I don't really know why he's doing it, but he's supposed to do it. Anyways, um, you go into that area and he leaves you locked in this room while there's a banging that's happening. And you're like, what's that banging? Like, what could it be? And then all of a sudden Nemesis comes out and literally, like I said, becomes the size of a building. And he's just, and like, there's, like it's gross and it's like like I remember, I remember audibly saying on uh, on stream just ew it's worse it's it's so much worse than what it was you know <laughs> um, but you do that fight and that fight's great but then you get to Nikolai at the last moment and he he is holding Carlos at knife point <laughs> and you were supposed to shoot Nikolai and then uh. And then you'll you'll save you'll save yourself. Um, I missed <laughs> the first time, 
And just a heads up, you can 100% shoot Carlos in the head by accident. <laughs> and they oh, have, yeah. And they have a full, like, like you might think, like, it just says Carlos is dead, and then it goes back to, like, like do you want to restart? No. They have, like, a full, like, cutscene for, like, you shoot Carlos in the head. He, like, he, like, throws the knife at you and then, like, impales you as Jill, and then she, as she's bleeding out, then it says, you are dead, and do you want to restart? <laughs> like, which I just, I love that they took the time to go ahead and do all of that. Um, which, because, because once again, this is the first time I played it. So the first time I played it, I was like, oh, I was like, oh, crap, maybe the cutscene is Jill accidentally shoots Carlos, and that, like, really affects her, because, like, even though she was able to stop Nikolai, she, uh, she shot one of the people that was helping her, you know, and that's how this game's going to end. That'd be a, that'd be an interesting twist. But then, like, he kills Jill, and I was like, oh, wait, no, I just screwed everything up. Never mind. Yep. <laughs> yep, and the then the game, which is something Resident Evil games do very well, just kind of go, nah, man, you're just bad. I don't know what else to, <laughs> I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> oh, goodness. Something else that will show up in, in, in these games, by the way, and if you haven't played them or if you don't know, um, or if you're not as bad as I am, is after you die a certain number number of times, they will ask you if you want to lower the difficulty. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's, man, there there are a few things that, is, that are more infuriating than when you're playing, and then all of a sudden they ask you if you want to lower the difficulty, and you're just like, I don't even know, I don't, I don't know if I want to play anymore. Like, <laughs> I like, do do I want to just stop this now, or yeah. do I want to keep going? You know? Yeah, it pops up and it's just like, hey man, this seems like you're dying a lot on this part. <laughs> <laughs> you're, trying to, you're trying to have a little bit of an easier time i think my favorite i think my favorite one of those is um oh gosh it was actually in village when it happened to me mm. uh, because that problem comes up pretty early in village and it was just um i won't get into spoilers on like the area of the game or anything like that but there's a part where you have to run across these platforms that are dropping into the water if you don't go fast enough and I just wasn't paying attention, and I ran over a platform just as it was dropping into the water, um, which is an instant death in that game. And I was just like, oh, well, shoot, I screwed that one up. And then the message comes up saying, hey, man, looks like you're having some trouble here. Would you like to um, would you like to take the difficulty down a notch? And I, and I was just like, what is – is the water going to be less deadly <laughs> on an easier difficulty like what do you mean capcom like this is <laughs> this is the worst this is the worst it's ever been like what are you talking about <laughs> see, see what's funny is like you're just, you're just trying to make me mad <laughs> see i didn't get about that part um although i did die that same part but mine held off until literally the last boss fight which at that which at that point i was i was just like dude i'm just no, I'm gonna finish this my way. <laughs> Just like, are you sure you got to the end of the game without any help? Do you wanna? <laughs> is your is your big brother not here anymore, and you need to t take the difficulty down? Yeah, it's infuriating. They do the same thing in um, in uh, the Devil May Cry games as well. And for anyone who doesn't know, that's also a Capcom franchise. Um, those games are are, are actually quite challenging. And it is the most infuriating thing to just have your ass handed to you by a boss in those games, and the game just be like, "Hey, buddy, you uh, 
Are you sure you're up for this? You sure you're up for standard mode? You sure you don't want to go down easy mode? Man, <laughs> it's the worst. It is the worst. It's infuriating. Mm. Oh, goodness. Well, the next one in the series, my friends, uh, is, of course, the one that I started off with. Um, it's Resident Evil 4. Um, and here's what's interesting is back when for for any of you younger fans out there there used to be a game channel a video game channel of all things and it was called what? it was called G4 and it was amazing okay i'm not subscribed to that youtuber tell me more Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> it was channel number 191 on an ancient magical piece of technology called dish network dish network is that is that one of those blue apron type services that'll deliver food to you if you're just too much of a lazy bitch to go to the grocery store <laughs> hey blue apron if you want to sponsor us by the way then I'm, I'm happy to talk about your product exactly yes that's that's us man <laughs> oh goodness anyways um Seriously, though, I remember when that game first came out, like G4, Game Informer, that used to be a magazine. Like, that was actually sold in print in stores, by the way. Um, A real paper magazine. Exactly. (laughs) Um, EGM, which is Electronics Games Monthly. I'm, man, I'm aging both of us so much. (laughs) We're showing our age, dude. It used to be when you died in a video game, you'd throw shoes on power lines to commemorate that death. You don't see that anymore. You don't. You don't. People uh, die in video games so much now in the competitive scene, you just you run out of shoes. You do. <laughs> it was crashing the market. Um anyways, um I remember that everyone loved Resident Evil 4. Like it was critically acclaimed. Um and then you fast forward to like, like like earlier this year when I was really kind of getting into the into the series, like diving in. Um, I joined a bunch of Facebook groups <clears throat> um, to kind of get it to, to one get excited for Village, just you know to kind of see what people were saying about it, and then also for the just copious amounts of memes that were hilarious. Um, but. I realized that people do not like Resident Evil 4 as much as I thought they did, at least certain groups. Um, It has been put into kind of – people kind of compartmentalize the series as you have the original trilogy where it's 1, 2, and 3, and it's the the Arclay Mountain Raccoon City incident, which honestly makes sense from a storyline standpoint. Um, We're really dealing with the the viruses and the zombies. Then you have the second trilogy with a four, five, and six, where it's basically the um, the Las Plagas and Uroboros, which we're about to get into. Um, and then six just kind of does its own thing, but it kind of mixes literally every aspect of villainy that you can possibly do. Um, and then supposedly this new one is going to be focusing on what's called the mold, um, which is something that we kind of that you definitely get into in seven, and you kind of get into a little bit in eight as well. And I'm assuming they're going to kind of finish it out. Um, or at the very least, talk about kind of the fallout from eight and uh, nine. Um, but the thing is that people kind of treat it kind of similarly to the way they treat like the Star Wars franchise, which is kind of interesting because the original is almost universally loved, and then the second trilogy, like you, is really kind of mixed. 
Um, fortunately, the the newest trilogy is not as um, not as controversial as the Star Wars ones have been. But uh, thank God. Thank God, yeah, because I, man, I would, I, I was, I would have, I would hate if like this podcast was about to turn into like you and me having to defend how good eight is while everyone else is like, Chris Redfield would never act this way, <laughs> you know? <laughs> which, sim- which similarly to Last Jedi, if you think that you don't know the character very well, <laughs> <laughs> which is another, <laughs> for the record, a uh, little quick of a, uh, little quick, um, uh, a sneak peek into something we're gonna be doing in the future, uh, because Al and I have both been getting either into or back into uh, some of the old Star Wars EU canon, um, as well as some of the stuff that is currently canon. And I think that we have talked about it way too much in our own text to not actually put some of that into a podcast or a video. So that's coming sometime in the future. I'm not sure when. I'm not sure what exact form I, we we might just do. We might just do it just the way that Star Wars did in the '90s, where we have a podcast, a video, and a uh, and an article as well. Just doing all kinds of crazy things, you know. Oh, snap, yeah. Um, and hey, if y'all want to, hey, we haven't plugged this in a while. Um, if that idea intrigues you, and you want us to have um, all the opportunity possible to both make that happen and have it have really good production value. You can stop by Fandom Correspondence on Patreon and help us out with that. There's tiers and rewards and things like that. So head on over and give it a little peek if you like to. Indeed. Yes, we, we, we always appreciate it. Um, but anyways, I do apologize. We kind of got off on a tangent. Back to Resident Evil 4. Um, oh my god, we were talking about Resident Evil 4. I know, right? <laughs> um, a lot of people say they don't like Resident Evil 4 because it really took the series from... First and foremost, this was the first time in the series that they did not use take controls. Up to up to this game, every every version of the game um, either used tank controls or um, whatever they were doing on the Game Boy. Well, you know, either way, um, <laughs> that's the best way to describe it. Because the 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 way they play the Resident Evil games on the Game Boy is the weirdest way I've ever seen them played. They're interesting, but once again, it is the weirdest way I've ever seen it done. Um, but we're not going to get into those today. That's a whole other. That's a whole other podcast. Um, but Resident Evil Four was the first one that used the over-the-shoulder camera uh, to where it's in third person, and it kind of it was working towards, in my opinion, more of an action-oriented set piece. But I think the reason that Four works so well is because it was able to mix those so well. Um, kind of getting a little bit ahead of myself before we talk about them, but. Resident Evil 5 and 6, the biggest complaints of them is that they really weren't as much survival horror as they were action games. Um, that is that is not the biggest complaint about 6, but go on. <laughs> let me, let me, let me, excuse me. That's the biggest complaint about 5, but that is another complaint about 6. I apologize. <laughs> excuse me. Um, but the... I don't necessarily mind that as much, at least with five. Once again, I'm kind of speaking in, in uh, this kind of grouping. Um, but, but with four, I think they mixed it so well that four still has so many moments where I, I would jump, you know, just because they had jumpy moments um, while still having kind of more of an action oriented set piece. Like you still have your item management. You still have to worry about stuff like that. Um 
you know, and you still have a few puzzles here and there that you get to figure out. But for me, I think four is almost it's almost a perfect game. I they're they're going to be doing a remake here soon, um, and I cannot wait to play that just because I'm really interested to see knowing how well they did with th- with two and three to see what they can do with a game that, in my opinion, is already as is already a ten out of ten. Basically, um, we also do get to learn a bit a little bit more about Leon in this, um, and he's he's just a fun character. He's just so because like like Al already said, like he's he's not he's very nonplussed about the situation of you know people's like heads exploded and then like a like a a parasite jumps out of it. You know he's just kind of like eh. You know this that's just you know just just hanging out doing my thing. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I love this game so much. Um, and also we get one of my favorite side characters in any game. Um, and that is the merchant and the merchant is just, he's just great. And it's, I don't think I've ever enjoyed a character who has less than 10 lines as much as I've enjoyed the merchant. Um, because you want to talk about a character that will scare the shit out of you. Um, you will be turning a corner and you will not expect anything to be there. And then the merchant with the same colored eyes as everyone else in the village who is about to murder you is standing there just staring at you. Um, you know, and he's just, that's just his thing. He just does that. Um, and then there's really no explanation for him or why he does the things he does. Um, but he's great, you know, just every, and if I ever work retail again, I'm I'm just going to lean heavily into what are you buying, a stranger, and and just do that every time, and just scare the crap out of people, you know. And that's just my goal. So yeah, mm-hmm. Al, what are your thoughts on Resident Evil Four? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm in RE Four. Um, I think RE Four is great. Uh, I personally have not had the same experiences that you have had with hearing people not. Um, have anything but a high opinion on Resident Evil 4. Um, Resident Evil 4 is excellent. Um, I'm looking at the reviews and scores over time, I mean, you've got stuff that, you know, it has an aggregate score on GameCube of 96 out of 100. has an aggregate score on PlayStation 2 of 96 out of 100. has an aggregate score of Wii on... 91 out of 100. I can't even think of a shooter on the Wii that has anything higher than like a, a 20. Like that, that's, <laughs> that's, that's just insane. Um, I mean, this is this game is great. If you want to talk about iconic horror games, um, was it last year for Horror Fest? I did um, kind of a shorter article on what I consider to be the best horror video games um and uh, my number one slot did go to um to silent hill 2 um that's um entirely opinion based because it's so hard to to make a straight decision on resident evil 4 between silent hill 2 but i mean those those are the lists you find um, those are the opinions you find is that you know when it comes down to horror games resident evil 4 is right there at the top um it has the um, iconic scene of the bagged face um, ch- 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 chainsaw dude. Yep. Just j- just popping out. 
and yep. just coming at you. And mm-hmm. you got to be like, uh-oh, I just learned how to use these aiming controls like <laughs> 20 minutes ago. I bet I better get headshots because this guy's coming for me. Um, I mean, it's, it's hard to find flaws with this game, uh, which is especially impressive about a game that has like escort mechanics yeah. as well. Um, you know, you say escort s- sections or escort game, and like people usually, you know, wrench back in horror at, at even the idea of those kinds of games. But I mean, RE4 is able to do that and do it so well, a lot better than any game out at the time was, um, a lot better than any game that would come out for a while. Um, I definitely do agree with the idea that Resident Evil 4 is where the franchise starts to dip into more action horror as opposed to pure survival horror. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, I don't think it all the way transitions into action horror. I think we see that with Resident Evil 5 um, a whole lot more than Resident Evil 4. Uh, because again, Resident Evil 4, you still get yourself in situations where, you know, it's a better idea to run as opposed to shooting your way through everybody. Um, There's still a big focus on trying to figure things out, trying to reason your way through puzzles, trying to prioritize um, the objectives you're trying to accomplish and uh, the puzzles you're trying to do and protecting Ashley um, and things like that. Um, so, honestly, I think one of the reasons why it had such great appeal was because it decided to do something a little bit t- 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 different from the past games um, and be a bit more action-oriented and give the player a little bit extra to do and feel and start to feel more like a character who was very competent mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to more traditional horror protagonists. Now that can go, um, that does have potential to go a bad way. Um, a lot of these Island Hill games kind of um, after Silent Hill four kind of went that way where the protagonists were so strong that it kind of removed the horror element, but then it added the more high pace action element that you get in Resident Evil 4 and kind of balance that out a bit more. Where you felt more competent, you felt like you could do a few more things as a player while still having real concerns and real risks um, involved in the gameplay as well. Uh, I think they go away from that some in Resident Evil 5. I think they abandoned that in the wind entirely in Resident Evil 6, <laughs> uh, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But um, yeah, I mean, in my opinion, Resident Evil 4... RE4 is not my favorite Resident Evil game, but if I had to give an objective opinion, it's probably the best, if that makes sense. Absolutely. No, I completely agree. And I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Ashley um, and mentioned <clears throat> the escorting parts, because the, the thing is, is, like you said, it's you put that in any other game, it doesn't work. It just doesn't. Um, and I do think that, you know, he definitely adds a, I think he adds an, an area of difficulty 
to or a certain amount of difficulty to certain areas. Um, I think the the scene the scene where he has to <laughs> the moment where he has to lift those two levers and you're not with her, so you just have to keep shooting the people away from her mm-hmm. is one of the most difficult parts of the game. But I think it's be, it's supposed to be, you know, and I think I think it works well because of it, um, because you know the 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 monks or priest or you know evil temple of doom cosplayers are you know coming towards you, you know, as well as chasing after her. So you have to make sure that they're going to stop her, but you also have to make sure. That so basically, like you're using your cyber rifle on them, but you're also making sure that you have a couple of shotgun shells in case they get too close to you. It's a really interesting dynamic the way that they the way they pull that off, um, which makes it one of my favorite parts of the game, even though it is probably one of the more difficult ones. Um, I the the I keep I try to think of things I didn't like about the game, and I, I think I think Ashley as a character is probably the only thing I don't really like. Um, but I don't really think you're supposed to like she's she's not Ada, she's not Jill, she's not Claire. She's she is very much a damsel in distress. Um, and I think that's why I think that's also why she kind of sticks out like a sore thumb because the other female characters of the series are, you know, so so different. They are so well rounded and complex. And then you have Ashley, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so I think that kind of might be the reason that she kind of sticks out as being an issue. Um but I still, but I still obviously enjoy. Um, but I still obviously enjoy the entire game and enjoy, you know, even having having her as a character to to follow to follow and to and to escort. Um, but yeah, Resident Evil Four, man, definitely definitely worth checking out. Also, three of my favorite um, antagonists in the series, even though all uh, the last two are very annoying. Um, but the but the the first the, the the chieftain is real is really interesting, um, even though he dies very early on. Um, Salazar is so annoying, but he's such a such a really just good good villain. Um, and Sadler is just pure evil. Like there's he's he's such a great character because it's it's so much of just a oh what's what's Sadler want? Man, he just wants to you know destroy the world you know like, oh okay why yeah just just yeah he wants to you know he wants to complete control of, of everyone using uh, using this evil plague it's like oh uh, uh, okay you know which which <laughs> you know that's just uh yeah this is kind of his thing and nothing and nothing wrong with that that's there's 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 something there's something to enjoy about a simplicity a simplicity there you know um <clears throat> but anyways Resident Evil 4, definitely check it out. We are moving on to... Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, just uh, real quick uh, before we move on. Um, mm. uh, for anybody who's a big Capcom fan, um, I've got some trivia for people. This isn't fact-checking, boy. This is trivia, boy. Oh. This is... Mm-hmm. Let me think. It's... Um, I was going to say, yeah. You got yeah. This is... Um, um, when you want facts about your joy, just hang out with Trivia Boy. There you go. Um, wow. that was, that was, yeah, there you go. Boom, that was unprepared. Um, <laughs> in case you couldn't tell, um, but um, no, um, Jacob, I'll ask you this you, you yourself are a, are a fair Capcom fan. 
Um, so the idea behind Resident Evil 4, um, it actually, the director conceived it to be, um, or the producer, I'm sorry, the producer of the game, um, originally conceived um, this game to be even more of the more over-the-top, action-y kind of gameplay than what it turned out to be. Um, um, it was reined in a little bit more by the director of the franchise at the time. Um, but Capcom liked the producer's idea for a game so much that he rerouted it into a new game that was released um, that same year, actually. Uh, do you know what game the original concept of Resident Evil 4 became? Oh, man. Um... I'm going to take a shot in the dark because I'm pretty... It, it, it is a Capcom game? Um, yes, yes, it's a Capcom okay, game. Okay, well, that's not that. Okay. Huh. The answer will probably surprise you. It surprised me when I read it. <laughs> I'm just going to take a, a complete shot in the dark because I'm pretty sure it already came out, but you're, you're talking about, you know, bombastic, crazy action. I'm just going to say Beautiful Joe. Um, no, but that is a good guess. That is a good guess. Um, the game that... Um, gradually uh, became the original conception for Resident Evil 4 was Evil May Cry. Oh, really? Yeah. You get the producer of the original uh, Resident Evil 4 concept was Shinji Hikami. Um, After some consideration by some of the other developers and directors on the game, um, he was rerouted and um, got his own independent team um, to work on a new franchise, and that became Devil May Cry. See, now I got... Okay, when did the first Devil May Cry come out? Did that come out more recently than I thought? I thought that came out in 2001. It did come out in 2001. So how long ago... that? So how long ago were they working on Resident Evil 4 then? (laughs) Um, The original conception... Or what? I'm sorry. Yeah, the um, original conception of RE4 s- started right after the release of RE3. Okay, so they were going to... Well, dang, so they moved quick on Devil May Cry then, because that came out the following year. Mm-hmm. Huh. That's crazy. But then, so I guess with Resident Evil 4... Well, but here's the thing. If you're going to be making... <clears throat> see, that, see, that's the thing that a lot of people don't, don't realize when they really start to think about this, but Resident Evil 3 to Resident Evil 4 is such a change of gameplay and style that it would actually make sense that it would take them like especially back then because they weren't you they weren't they weren't the capcom we know today yet um so i mean they had you know less than 100 people probably working on that so when you really start to think about it i, I it would actually make sense that they would <clears throat> that would take them about four years to actually get that game to completion so that actually makes sense huh yeah see for, for, for some reason I knew I knew Devil May Cry came out of the Resident Evil like mindset. I knew that there was a thought that there was going to be a Resident Evil at one point, and then they changed it. But I didn't, I didn't know it was for. I guess I misunderstood that. Yep. There you go. There you go. Anyway, I thought that was a cool little, little trivia fact. And and all our listeners got a new jingle out of it. So there you go. That's true. You know, like it's you know, if you're. I mean the the poor the poor saps who have been listening for you know for waiting for another fandom correspondence jingle haven't had a new one in ages it seems like so it's, you know. it's true 
I'm I'm, I'm I'm glad we give that to them. You know. Whoa, that was an awkward and abrupt cut. Man, I bet you wish the fandom correspondent should have thought about this ahead of time. Well, unfortunately, we didn't. But instead of you listening to a three-hour podcast of two guys just gushing over the Resident Evil series, we decided to cut it into two, where it's roughly you know a one and a one and a half hour podcast of two guys gushing over Resident Evil series, but doing it twice. So you know. If you guys listened to all that, thank you all so very much. Um, we've got some great things coming for you. Um, you know, as always, fandom is for everyone. And Al, do you have at least one word that you want to say to end this incredibly abrupt ending to the first half of the Resident Evil podcast? Um, I think that word would be a cowabunga. Fantastic. Have a good day, guys.